Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Arthur, I'll be in here. Quiet now. I'm recording. Hello. Tick here. <clears throat> you, my friend. Well, if you're an evildoer, cover your ears. Because you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast, which is nothing but Keen Spoon! All right, Arthur, you can come out now. Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today to talk about their Kickstarter running until June 4th for NES Pro Magazine. And I've seen this magazine on their Kickstarter. It looks freaking awesome. We first welcome back to the show from Easy Way Guides, speedrunner and high score world record holder, 8-Bit Steve. Steve, thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me back on, man. I feel honored to be. You guys have such amazing guests. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I just play NES. I mean, I don't know. It's not that. <laughs> I'm just the NES guy. <laughs> down, man. I just play Nintendo. <laughs> and also joining us, voiceover artist and content producer David Giltonen. David, thank you so much for being here. Hoy hoy. Yeah, it's a pleasure to uh, to be here with you guys. I think we're going to have some fun today. I'm excited to uh, talk about this book. Again, it looks uh, right up our alley, something we've been missing oh, yeah. for years and uh, can't wait to get our hands on. But before we do that, uh, in our retro roundtable today, we're going to be talking about our favorite uh, regular Nintendo games, which ought to be interesting. I think we may have done it before, but a long time ago. So it'd be uh, interesting to see what the picks are this time around. And then we're going to turn our attention over to David and 8-Bit Steve to talk about the NES Pro Magazine Kickstarter. But before we do anything, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, head over to CandarePodcast.com. And if you want to show some support, uh, there's a merch tab you can click on, get shirts, mugs, stickers, or there's a Patreon button, a little orange Patreon button floating around on that page somewhere. That'll take you over to our Patreon page, where for 5 to $10 a month, get you access to a uh, whole catalog of extra content that normies aren't getting. And based on some of the stuff Jack was just uh, sending us before uh, <laughs> we got on this episode here... You guys got some good shit coming. So, <laughs> six years in Talk the making. Talk about a time so. capsule. Right. <laughs> six year old footage that we haven't been able to find and he just uncovered. So, holy shit. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. So, very cool. Uh, Randy, what am I forgetting? Uh, check us out on evergreenpodcastnetwork.com. I don't know why I say that. I never forget about Evergreen. I love Evergreen, truly. But <laughs> that, that's the Randy get off. Saying, yeah, it's my way of kicking you in your ass, I guess. <laughs> Which say needs something. to be done. <laughs> Just sit there, say something. Talk about <laughs> Evergreen. <laughs> All right, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh, my God. Let's go, Kenny. 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 Let's go, Kenny.
taste bad. All right, our favorite NES games. Jack, why don't you show everyone how it's done, sir? Uh, one of my favorites, which you actually brought it back to my mind last week, was the I original. Yeah, the original Ninja Turtles game for the oh, NES. Shit. Just yeah. because your your ringtone had the uh, the music from it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Is that Ninja Turtles?" Yep, sure is. But yeah. I remember if the what was it? The movie The Wizard with uh, Fred Savage. <laughs> That was a big part of that game, along with Mario Three, but or that movie, but yeah, with Mario Three, mm -hmm. and it was it was the Ninja Turtles, and it was the only Ninja Turtles out there. So yeah, it of may have kicked your ass around the living room, but you know it was the only uh, Turtles game there was at the time. So yep. you may do. I mean, man. that game did have a jamming soundtrack, though. I, you know, I, I like yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Really and good. some horrible sound effects that give you nightmares too. Sound effects did not meet on par with the music, but yeah, yeah. One exactly. thing about that fucking game is why can't turtles be in water? Like they'll 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 fall in the water and fucking die in the sewer, but then they'll just jump into a dam and be fine. Like I don't understand. Well, the act so a uh, small distinction. So if you fall in the water in that game in any other stage except for the dam, you don't actually die. It just sucks you out. There's like a current that sucks you outside the sewer. Mm. So it doesn't actually hurt you. But in the dam, you do go underwater. You can just can only breathe for so long because you're part human and then you eventually, eventually die. It's been That's years true, isn't it? Like that. the turtles are technically part human in the NES game. Um, or at least like with like Splinter anyway. Splinter is like uh, kind of like meant to be, I don't know, I guess like part like human, part rat. Or yeah, he's like half that. human, half rat, which makes no sense. Because in the yeah. cartoon, it's like <laughs> the turtles were most recently in contact with a human and Splinter was most recently in contact with a rat. And you're like, wait a minute. He was yeah, the human well, that they were in contact with was Splinter. So shouldn't, what? Yeah. I mean, in Did every he... other context, like in every other lore of the turtles, they were originally, you know, rats and turtles, but they're imbued with the spirit of like, you know, Hamato Yoshi and like, you know, the, the sons of Hamato Yoshi, effectively. Um, whereas in the NES game, like in the first NES Turtles game, um, Splinter turns the, turns back into a human, <laughs> you yeah. know, like in the ending of it, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they really ignored the uh, rules of uh, touching and mutation and whatnot. I think if they if they really had paid attention, the turtles would end up looking like man bear pigs or something. <laughs> Someone call Al Gore. <laughs> it's man bear pig. Man bear pig. <laughs> now, was that it was a fun game, and I am looking forward to uh, was it the Calabunga collection that's coming out? Yep. Yeah. It's going to have all the games, and I've heard it's going to have rewind and uh, save features on mm -hmm. that game. So, well, on all of them, but. I might finally actually have what it takes to make it through. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys ever beat it? Anyone here ever beat that game? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, hey, <laughs> Steve. Yeah, that guy. That was like an underhanded pitch straight to you, and you knocked <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. It's just like, it's not fair. It's like, it's like you're at a, you're at a pickup game at a high school, and Michael Jordan is there, right? And you're like, is there any, can anyone make a three-pointer? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, as soon not, as the words and, came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, well, fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. And by the way, for any listeners out there that are attack me, I am not comparing myself to Michael Jordan. It was just a, an example. It was the first cool person, I, you know. Uh, I am nowhere near Michael Jordan's level in the NES space. We all know you're the Michael Jordan of gaming, Steve. No, no, no. He was comparing Heck, himself to Tiger Woods before we started. Yeah, Tiger Woods. Now that's a that's a good guy. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Uh, who would like to go next? David, why don't you tell us one of your favorite uh, NES games? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, I, I always have my my actual favorite NES game, and then there's my guilty pleasure NES game, mm -hmm. uh, which I talk about in the first issue of NES Pro. So I guess I may as well um, mention that one, uh, which is Kid Niki Radical Ninja. <laughs> Um, so absolutely a guilty pleasure <laughs> simply because of the fact a second to process what the hell he just said. <laughs> yeah. So again, Kid Niki, Radical Ninja. Um, okay. If you just go by like, you know, everything from like just seeing like the box art to it, like it's just kind of like this neon pink kind of thing. It has like a very uh, kind of like Conan the Barbarian type of like art style, like in the front with like spiky haired protagonist dude with like a sword there's like a woman tied up there's monsters around her you gotta like save the princess like very standard story sure. and when you start the game it immediately shows the kid Niki sprite just running across the screen <laughs> jumps up he jumps up again just goes kid Niki, radical ninja you press start immediately gets right to the game with uh it shows like i think like a like a slide screen door and it shows like your silhouette there's a bird coming like it's, it's like a messenger bird coming through and it's just like ninja school and then like it changes like the banner it's like we'll help you and then it's like do 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 and like he just jumps right through the screen door and it's just like boop and like the i don't know the, like the sound effects aren't anything special but they're just like very memorable to me and okay. especially like as soon as you start like the first level and this is the same piece of music by the way that plays all throughout the game except for level four i think um it's just and it leaps loops again and again and again and it's a very it's just one of those tracks that gets like stuck in your head it's not particularly good it's just super freaking catchy and i i just love it for that honestly like the battle toads pause music there's really no song there but damn if you don't want to listen to it it's in the same family as that honestly and um you know, and, and also too, like just like the action is very simple. You're you're you know, you're just like Kid radical ninja. You got like a sword that you, for some reason you spin around super fast. You're like doo -doo, doo -doo, doo -doo, like that. And every time you whack enemies, they go flying off like they're Team Rocket and Pokemon or something. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's it, it's just very very endearing. Um, you got like a boss too who literally uh, screams uh, screams profanities at you, and you got like you know fight past his profanities in order to like whack him with their spinning sword. So. It's, <laughs> It, it's just it's a very special game uh, as far as like just being like that type of like guilty pleasure experience for me. So yeah. What year would the, uh, that game come out approximately? Uh, what was that like? It's like eighty six. Uh, yeah, I want to say it's like an earlier game. Um, yeah, I want to say like eighty seven maybe, but yeah, 19, like, I think I'll go around there. December eighty six. There you go. Okay. It's kind of funny because uh, on the cover art, he looks like Gohan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think, I'm pretty sure that's what they were going with. They they do have a Dragon Ball game on the NES. It's called Dragon Power. Um, really? But yeah, they, it's Goku, but it's not Goku, right? Like it doesn't say that. It's it's the actual uh, Dragon Ball game was ported to the NES, but they <clears throat> they couldn't use the license for some reason, mm. so they just called it Dragon Power and changed all the stuff. So it's kind of like a Sun Man instead of Superman, like uh, the sort of life. like that. Yeah, yeah. they just <laughs> called it Dragon Power, and the, the cover has some ninja kicking like Kung Fu, which doesn't even look like Goku. But then you play the game, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I know you. And there's like all the characters are from the from Dragon Ball, like the little pig character and Bulma, and you're like, what? Yeah, I gotta That's see right. this cover. What's it called again? Like Radical Ninja Number One or something? <laughs> Kid Nikki Radical Ninja. Kid, yeah. kid what? Kid Nikki. Kid Nikki. Yeah, N I K I. Uh, N I K I. Yep. He's a radical ninja. 
because that's how you get kids in the 90s these days. You call something oh, radical, yeah. and they're all yeah. over it. <laughs> they're ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. yep, it, ninja. Got it got me. It's, like, it's like, like Conan and Bruce Lee and Goku, like all in the same image somehow. Just by that art style, yeah, in the front box. It's, wow, yeah. that's something else. Look at that. Yeah, yeah he's even got the yellow shirt like Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's in the arcade version one. Yeah, because uh, they changed the sprite considerably for the NES version. Uh, just got da- downgraded a bit, but um, I always preferred like the NES style. So yeah, right. Never even played that before. Never even seen that before. Mm. <laughs> I'm about to look that up on YouTube. Check it out. All right, that brings us over to Steve. What you got? Or eight bit? Would you prefer just eight bit or what? Uh, whatever, whatever. Just works, bit. Just bit. You just call me bit. Steve, 8-Bit, I don't care. So, <laughs> eight. just, usually it's 8-Bit or Steve, so usually people I don't say, say the whole... 8-Bit, that sounds more toit. Yeah. <laughs> so my my personal interests on the NES are very, very obscure, uh, sort, sort of along the lines of what David is saying there. My, my favorite NES game is called Kung Fu Heroes, mm. which is... No one's ever heard of it, and uh, it was one of the... It's the first game that I got a record on, uh, I have a whole, this is not, this wasn't an intentional plug cause he plugged his article, <laughs> but I have an article series in Nespro magazine called nostalgic. Uh, and it's basically just a story about my life and how I got to be a completely insane, obsessive person about NES. And so, but it's connected to like my family and it's, it's got like feel good tones to it. Sure. So, um, I don't want to give away too much, but I used to play that game with my cousin at my grandma's house. And it was co-op. It was one of the very first NES co-op where I played at the same time games I'd ever seen. Because back then there was mostly just arcade games that were alternating two-player, and so it was it was cool, right? So we got to play as two ninjas beating people up, and that was like better than playing the Turtles game because that was single-player and we couldn't play together. Right. Um, so it's called Kung Fu Heroes. It's really really hard. Uh, in fact, there are no co-op playthroughs on on a speedrun leaderboard like anywhere. It's really difficult to beat. And uh, I've tried to beat it with another person, and it, and I've, I'm unable to because like both players just have to be at such a high level to complete the game. Um, wow! But I, I love it. It's really fun. If you just play it casually and you don't care about beating it, you can play that for hours. It's so much fun. That has to be every game I play. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm just not going to enjoy it. <laughs> you just you just walk around, and when you punch stuff, your fist gets big like Battletoads, right? And you can nice. You That's can fun. jump on people, and there's all these weird enemies and monsters and it's just cool power-ups everywhere it's great man it sounds like they're paying you almost <laughs> seriously I almost wish. like we should check out this article in this upcoming <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and if culture you want to learn more <laughs> and if, 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 if someone from culture brain that's defunct now i think there's listening or someone who owns that reach out uh, sponsorship let's do it <laughs> you heard it here first people <laughs> All right, let's go over to Randy. What you got? Uh, so I'm going to kind of play off Jack a little bit. Uh, my One of my favorites on the NES, um, and I've actually played it on other consoles too, which the graphics were a little better, was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighter. Mm. So oh, shit, um, that game is hard <clears throat> as hell. It is hard as hell, and it definitely looks better on the uh, the 16-bit consoles. Right. But uh, it was always fun. Uh, the first time I saw it, my uh, friend's older brother were pl- over, uh, were playing it, and uh, I just remember being blown away because I'd never really played a lot of uh, Street Fighter or uh, you know Mortal Kombat-style games at that point, and uh, it was just cool i remember like him and i like sitting down like okay who should we uh you know make each other fight like 
let's do Raphael and Donatello and just kind of back and forth like that. But they, uh, uh, make up a character for that game. Wasn't uh, there like a like an upright shark man or something that they made for that game? Or what, did he come? <laughs> did he? Come yeah, that from? was um, the shark man they had in the SNES version. I know, but uh, I yeah. think the NES one had like uh, it was kind of like a big beast demon looking thing. I forget. Exactly yeah, he's called he's called Hothead. Hothead. That's okay. It, yeah. Hothead. Hothead. I don't remember if that's someone who's from the show or because that shark... not from the cartoon show, but I think he was in the comic. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, probably as me. much of a character as like the uh, was it the chainsaw dude in the in, in, uh, oh, in the yeah. first NES game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jason the chandeliers that are uh, floating around and shit. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there were a lot of 2D fighters on the NES, right? No, not at all. Mm, no. Well, a few. Um, Double Dragon One actually has a mode where you can fight each other. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, no two doesn't have it. Um, uh, there's a lot of boxing. You can ring king against each other. Best of the best karate champion. Oh, ring Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Bust that ring karate <laughs> kid. Oh no, that yeah. wasn't playing against each other. Not each other. Best yeah. of the best is like is at each other. Uh, there's probably a couple more, but that's probably more than anyone else can was, name. Um, so. <laughs> Kung Fu or something like that was one, wasn't it? Uh, karate yeah. champ. Yeah, karate, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. It was karate that's champ and um, I was thinking of Yi Yar Kung Fu. Uh, like I think there's an NES version of that, is there? No. Well, no, because that became Kung Fu Master. And oh, then that became Kung okay. regular Kung Fu, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, good call on the Karate Champ. I love that game, huh? Everyone hates it. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Anything else on that, Randy? Nope, that's all I had. All right. Uh, I guess my pick is going to be, and I can't even say this was a favorite game, but it was a game that got such emotion out of me. Uh, how 8 bits like, could actually scare the hell out of me was Maniac Mansion. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, that's my actual favorite NES game right there. Is it really? Yep. Yep. I, man, when I was a kid and, you know, like when you're in the, okay, you know, for people who don't know, you're, what is it? How many kids are you outside this haunted mansion? Uh, like four or five of you and one of your friends has been taken captive. They're like held in the basement and you've got to get through this haunted house without being spotted by the, I guess they were kind of like the Adams family of that house, you know, just like a, right? A feel was a family unit of ghouls. Yeah, pretty much. They're all blue. Yeah. They're all yeah, blue. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but you'd be in the kitchen snooping around, and all of a sudden they cut screen to the ghoul getting out of bed because he wanted a midnight snack. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a sentient meteor who's, like, controlling everyone, too. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a weird family who, who, who basically become, like, evil in a sense because of the meteor that's living in their, in their garage, effectively. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. I forgot about that. I mean, it's got like a really weird kind of like sense of humor about it, which is why I really love it. Um, I mean, it's the Ron Gilbert game, you know, so like that's like him through it through pretty much like his like his sense of humor. And um, yeah, it's it's just amazing. It's just really, really, really funny, especially if you appreciate that kind of like dark humor. Right. Um, you know, and also like kind of the weird product placement in there as well with Pepsi being an right. actual item in the game. <laughs> you know? I'm seeing that on screenshots right now. Yeah, yeah. And it was a point and click <laughs> game too, right? It's not like you yes. had control of your avatar. It was just point and click where to go. Like a mouse point would and click been style. very yeah. beneficial on that game. Totally. Yeah, it worked pretty well, honestly, on the NES. I mean, obviously, it's not ideal um, for you know, for like a console game to be point and click, but um, right. it certainly worked well enough. And I think it's I, I think that game specifically uh, made it um, kind of like laid the groundwork, I guess, for how point and click games can work on consoles. Right. Hmm. It did work well for me until I got 
scared because the goal was coming down to the kitchen. <laughs> then it was just all, I was all thumbs. Then I couldn't. Yeah, the tension <laughs> coming after you. <laughs> I couldn't click myself out of that kitchen fast enough. <laughs> that game actually got some controversy because there's a an Easter egg. Uh, I know David knows this, but I don't know if you guys do. There's an Easter egg in that game where you can actually take one of the characters that lives in the house's hamster, and you can put it in the microwave. Yes. And, yeah, and if you do that, and then that character comes downstairs, he's like, "Wait, what did you do?" And then it just goes, "You're dead," and it's just like a screen. He kills you. Yeah, <laughs> it shows like your gravestone right there. Yeah, outside yeah. house. <laughs> so Nintendo found it later on, and they got really, really mad uh, at the company that produced it. I can't. Uh, I don't know. Was it Jaleco or whatever um, company? Yeah. I thought it was, was Lucas Arts, but Lucas Arts. Yeah. yeah, they got really mad. So. That's kind of yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's a morbid thing to put in a video game for eight to ten year old kids. Oh, for sure. I do remember yeah. that though. I do remember that being a uh, feature. I don't know it's that a feature. I ever... <laughs> It's like a back, it's like a back of the box kind of thing. You can blow up the hamster. Like yeah, in like, that the <laughs> Melt a hamster in a microwave. Sold. <laughs> Learn how to become a serial killer. It would improve with nuking hamster feature. <laughs> oh man. You're the VO artist there, David. Let's see how that would sound. Uh, of like a hamster blowing up or <laughs> the, no the commercial yeah. selling that game with that being the feature oh god yeah um they got maniac mansion today like and uh if like if, if you pick up an early copy right now you can also steal weird ed's hamster and throw it into the microwave and blow it up to bits beware though he might come and get you and then kill you and then leave you like your corpse rotting out in the backyard <laughs> <laughs> only 1999 <laughs> now that's a deal <laughs> Tell me where else you're gonna nuke a hamster for 1999? I know, right? Nowhere. I don't. I don't think you can nuke a hamster in any other game that's ever been made. What a bargain! <laughs> Get yours today. All right. <laughs> I don't think we've got enough time to go all the way around again. But who else uh, has a game they'd like to mention? I just want to mention this game uh, because it's very dear to me. Uh, no one else cares about it. Uh, it's a point-and-click adventure game on the NES called Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom. Yes. Now, I know at first that sounds like it's some kind of VeggieTale thing, and it's like for little kids. <laughs> nah, get out okay, of my I, head. <laughs> I can assure you this game is really sweet. So you play as a cucumber knight, and you're trying to rescue a princess that's a tomato. So the game has all these, like, super adult overtones. Like, you, like, talk to a homeless guy in, in, a, in a park, and you have to, like, steal a donut, an asparagus donut out of a garbage can. That's, like, one of the things. Uh, in one scene in the game, you actually go into a bathroom, and you see a silhouette of a tomato in a shower, and you pull the shower curtain open. Right? That's, like, a thing that they had kids do. Wow. Um, and you, you like go into a bar and like interact with drunk people. It, it, there's a lot of adult things in that game. Plus it's, uh, it's just really fun. I, so, I was a big fan of Shadowgate and uninvited and, and, mm. and, you know, Shadowgate Maniac Mansion. Yeah. So yeah. 
So is this like Veggie Tales meets sausages? That yeah, sausage party or what? It's Kinda like, like Veggie Tales meets sure, Lisa Suit Larry. <laughs> it's, 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 I think they made the game and they were like, "This is a little too adult, so let's just change all the characters to fruit and vegetables because that was like super hot." Like, let's just you're telling every, me everything was super vegetables, right? Like Pac Man and fruit. Everything was fruits and vegetables, like mid '80s, late '90s, or early '90s, right? So yeah. they just changed them all to vegetables to get past the censors because they had all these kind of adult themes in it people so. like to promote the hourglass figure we're here to promote the round figure perfectly <laughs> <The> round, <laughs> round. <laughs> like our tomatoes curvy <laughs> well, remember in conquer's bad fur day they just must not have given a fuck they must have just signed that straight up wasn't there a uh part the sunflower the yeah sunflower, sunflower yeah. had great big titties you had to jump yeah, out to get big up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, i don't think anyone after they made ocarina of time and and mario 64 they just stopped caring they're just like okay <laughs> The PlayStation is killing us. We just do whatever you want. We're, going, we're moving on to the GameCube. Like, just do whatever. Nintendo let off the shackles very much about that. Now, hang on. Yeah. They, there was some adult-oriented even more so than that on the uh, NES, though, right? I mean, you had, like, what, bubble bath babes and Not shit that like we're that? licensed. So th- those okay. are, yeah, those are unlicensed games. Uh, okay. We have hot slots and bubble bath babes. And... Um, <laughs> Hot slots. Those are actual NES games. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Go look them up. I'm called Hot Slots. Yeah. Jack is. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a casino game where you play slots. It was like a double entendre kind of thing. Oh, ah. mm-hmm. get to see some eight bit titties. Yeah. <laughs> there are actually uh, there's a game called The Magic of Scheherazade where there's a statue that just says giant boobs and they're completely uncovered. There's a lot of stuff like that on the NES, honestly. That got past the censors. There's a lot of people that are like, I'm going to get Nintendo. I'm going <laughs> to put boobs in my game. And Holy shit. Look at this I'm going to name art. my game Hot Slots. They're never going to know. <laughs> this bubble baths, babes, is nuts. This cup art <laughs> is nuts. That's a real game that actually... Yeah, it's oh like peekaboo, peekaboo poker too. Yes, peekaboo poker is the third one, and that's it. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that's why they're unlicensed, guys, and that's why those companies got sued, and Nintendo took all their money. <laughs> so, wow, where are they now? I don't know if there's that's anything. what we're here for. We gotta like tell the stories. Jimmy Hoffa, I guess that kind of thing. Nintendo, yeah, they don't know where they are. <laughs> I don't know how we could top that. I really don't. <laughs> no, I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Jack. I, ru- I ruined it for you. I ruined your game. No, Slats. No, Jack, go ahead. I don't mind uh, the game Narc. I don't know if you guys played that right yeah, here, Jeremy. Uh-huh. But that was, oh. what, probably in the height of the Dare era, I think, when you were just a couple of cops and you had to dodge uh, syringes getting thrown at you and <laughs> bags of cocaine all over the place drug dealers Jack, everywhere. that's my third favorite nes game <laughs> is it really man i yes, played I, so much of that game when i, I have the high school world record in that game do you really <laughs> yeah I, I love that game i had it as a kid i was like this is awesome you have a machine gun you're like shooting down drug dealers yeah. you're like pick, picking up their dope and money and trade it in for <laughs> prestige at the police department you drive yeah. around in this like sweet ferrari mm. it's it's like it's every single thing about the '90s that you would want. It's it's like <laughs> Miami Vice and and Knight Rider and everything all in one. Um, I remember how blown away I was after playing it so much on the NES, and then going to an arcade and seeing they had it there, and how much better it looked. <laughs> oh, it's way better on the arcade. <laughs> so better. much better. Yeah, uh, I played that still with Slackinator co-op. 
And I think it's his least favorite NES game. He hated it. Wow. <laughs> Man, no, it was so good. So funny story. We were at a con at Pittsburgh last year doing the easy way thing. And a, and a guy, because he was like, why do you like Narc? No one likes that. And we had just talked about it earlier in the day. And I was like, why do you like Kid Icarus or some other name that I don't like? And we were talking. We were always at each other, right, just for fun. This guy walked up with a Narc shirt, like straight up, just a Narc logo. <laughs> and I look at him. I'm like, huh? Snark guy <laughs> coming like Scott Hall. Like this guy. Yeah, he was like, he was like, See, someone else besides me likes that game. Do you happen to hold any records on uh, Bubble Bath Babes? <laughs> is there, no, is there I, an easy guide for that one? An easy way of hot slice. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There is, but I will not say it on air. There is. No, I um uh, No, I do not. I don't play I don't really get into the unlicensed games. I don't know. I just don't have the nostalgic connection to them. I, I do oh, have a world record totally... edition. I asked that in jest. I I I really didn't think that. That would have been hilarious if I did, though. (laughs) Well, now that you mention it, actually, yes. I got a triple slot on hot slots. (laughs) High score slots. Watch some hot tips for hot slots. <laughs> oh man, this is so off the rails right now. <laughs> That's how we do. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Kids out there, parents, families, friends, I'm sorry. The NES is not like that. Those were not licensed. It's not. Yeah. Play Super Mario 3. I'm not going to get my kid an NES now. I had a a non-licensed game growing up, but it was like clear on the opposite end of that spectrum. It was Bible games. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Uh, Bible buffet. Bible buffet. It was Bible adventures is the one I had in in like the baby blue cartridge. Isn't that the one where you have to like stack sheep or some shit? Uh, at some point, yeah. Sheep yeah. and some wood point. and wait, what are we talking Don't about? The alert. Alert. <laughs> is this Settlers of Catan? What is this? <laughs> well, I think um, that's that's like the same game that had like um, I think like trivia as well, right? It's like Bible trivia. They had like it, oh was, yeah, uh, like quick trivia between the levels. It did, but um, you know, it was always cycling the same like ten questions. So after a few plays, you're like. Fuck yes, I know David took down Goliath. Like, come on, yeah. like, just get on with the game. The Bible like the easiest. No one wants to ever. play trivia in an NES game. Like, come on. Like, yeah. what kind of fruit did Eve eat? An apple. Yeah. A princess tomato. <laughs> yeah, I think one of them had like a like a not the game I had, but there was a Bible game that had like a connect the dots in there. Like, who's playing Connect Ooh. the Dots on S- uh, NES? Like, this seems like Not more me. of a pain in the ass than anything. Like a Not pictogram me. kind of thing? Or? You're right. <laughs> and then, like, every time you connected a dot, it was like, good job, good job, good job. You're good. <laughs> which also, which also, bought, which also borrowed audio from Hot Slots. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Fun fact. So, uh, Jeremy actually did the voice for that. So that's why he's pumping that because he wants you to go listen to that. That's his actual voice. You said you would never tell. Digitized. I looked it up. (laughs) All right, guys. We got to get moving on. As fun as this is talking about sexual innuendos and whatnot, (laughs) but we've got to move on. Uh, Any other games we have to mention quickly? I was thinking right. the top hot slots. <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. so either. 
All right, we're going to jump to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with David and 8-Bit Steve about NES Pro Magazine, so stick around. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, we are back from commercial again with David and 8-Bit Steve. Guys, thanks so much again for being here. It's uh, been a lot of fun thus far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think so. (laughs) And uh, very excited to talk about this Kickstarter you guys have going until June 4th for NES Pro Magazine. And uh, again, this magazine just looks to be totally awesome. It reminds you of the magazines you would have gotten kind of back in the day when these games were new, when this console was at, uh, you know, the height of its popularity. So uh, before we talk about that, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, Steve, I know you've been on the show before and, uh, you know, you've kind of told the listeners about what you've done, what you do. But uh, for those who didn't hear that, can you kind of walk them through quickly again, uh, you know, what you're about and what the easy way guides are? It's pretty basic, man. I mean, so uh, I'm just ultra obsessive about the NES um, if you think you're obsessive, times that by 1,000 and then quadruple it and then times it by another 1,000. And that's guy will put you to shame, it. basically. Yeah. Okay, so my life has been very strange in that manner. But um, i just trying to take that knowledge and all that time that I've spent in my life and put it to good use for the community, right? So the first thing that I did was I created a strategy guide series for people like everyone that's listening who tried to beat hard games like Ninja Gaiden and Battletoads and Ghosts and Goblins and Friday the 13th and Fester's Quest and couldn't beat them as a kid. And so we have this stigma that they're really hard because AVGN told us they were really hard and we believe him. And so I I knew that they weren't. So I made a strategy guide series that breaks it down super, super simple and gives you the easiest possible path through a video game. So I have books on Friday the 13th, Punch-Out, Fester's Quest, and Jaws. Uh, those are the four that we had for last year. Um, so that's how I got started on this. But then um, I just got really into a bunch of different things. I've been a podcaster. I've done live streaming for different pages. Um, I started doing speed running, got a whole bunch of those, traveled to shows all across the country and Europe. And then recently, last year and a half, I've been really, really working hard on high score, the high score space. So there's a guy named Tom Badova. He's an idol of mine. He's at the top of Twin Galaxies. He's been there for like over a decade. Uh, I had him on my podcast and I was like, dude, I want to try to get to where you are. And he, he loves it. I call him all the time and he's like real supportive. So I've, I spent a year and a half just doing high score stuff, like like a hundred plus score records. Uh, I'm currently in fourth place. That's how high he was. Wow. I spent a year and a half actively working on. I'm still in fourth. It's crazy. It's impressive, though. And, and we've seen him in action at uh, conventions. <clears throat> you know, people can come up and sit down, and he'll sit there and walk you right through some of the hardest games. It's impressive. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, thank you. It's mostly <laughs> just wasted time. But <laughs> are you? Having I mean, that's fun? it. I'm, People just think there's this stigma that like you just are born good at something. It's it's just not true. Like you just got to spend a lot of time doing it and you get better at it. Yeah. It's like anything else. You basically find your passion and you just keep doing it until, you know, you find yourself good at it and then you keep, you know, trying to be even better at it and then to see where, where, you know, where it takes you essentially. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying that's it. 
That's how oh. you play Ness. That's all I do. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That's all there is. <laughs> and, Nothing uh, David, else. And David, what about you, man? I, I again have seen your website at David says uh, Your voiceover artist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I've always been interested in voiceover. I guess since I was basically that nerdy kid who would. Uh, watch like just uh, the simpsons dvds and batman the anime series dvds and watch like, the special feature like behind the like uh was it uh-huh. behind like the voiceover booth basically and like seeing like the actors like play out like the roles and i was like oh that's that's actually really cool like seeing like how it's all done and created that way and um as i was kind of like developing my own voice and just like you know finding an interest you know just inherently having that interest in voiceover i would find myself like you know taking like groupon coupons whatever and like going to like local like classes that do voiceover effectively uh for like the past like decade more or less so it's kind of like here and there like nothing serious and then it was really in the middle of the pandemic uh when i decided to uh stop um stop my four uh, what was it my four plus year long podcast basically uh, to go into fo- into voiceover more more full time basically wow. so uh, I was in the middle of um, of narrating and producing my first audiobook <clears throat> which is called uh, Stay a While and Listen Book Two Heaven Hell and Secret Cow Levels um, which is basically like a behind the scenes look at all the uh, drama and bullshit essentially that was going on uh, with Blizzard Entertainment in the nineties when they were making oh, games okay. like Diablo two and Starcraft and all that yeah. Uh, if you know anything about the development history with Diablo 2, you know it as being probably the most egregious form of uh, of like uh, was a cr- um, of like the crunch culture basically that's that's very prevalent in the gaming industry. So uh, it's it was a really cool like just kind of behind the scenes look, and I got to like narrate that and uh, you know cool. do all that mm-hmm. and, like and, yeah and, and, like produce and everything. It was um it's a 28 chapter book too, so like it took a bit <laughs> to to put Damn. together, but uh, I was uh, I was happy with how that turned out. And um, from that, like, you know, I started doing like, you know, more classes and, um, you know, doing like auditions for, uh, you know, for various like game projects and animation projects. Uh, someone reached out to me when they heard my, um, uh, it was kind of like a zombie voice. It was kind of like a bit, bit of a mix of my, like, uh, kind of like a Warcraft orc voice. Like, it's kind of like that type of like, uh, t- you know, t- type of character. And uh, they wanted me to do like an orc character for their visual novel game. And then that turned into um, them asking me if I could do a Scottish accent. So um, <laughs> I was just like, okay. So you basically want me to do like, you know, very, like a very typical, like a very typical, like a uh, dwarven kind of character, like type of that, you know, like that, like that type of character essentially. And so I was doing lines like, uh, ah, your beard seems fake, but I don't go about yanking it off, you know, shit like that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, the, you know, it's kind of playing that up and, um, you know, that led into like some other like kind of small projects here and there. Um, I was working with, uh, Coke media and arrow entertainment for an upcoming, uh, currently unannounced, um, uh, persona like RPG game, uh, that, that's, uh, that's being made. Um, it's being made by actually like a studio over in Shanghai and be, because of everything that's going on in Shanghai right now, like, uh, the, the, uh, the production is kind of like went, went a little haywire these days, but, um, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that, that's also something that I've been kind of like contributing to, uh, with like my voiceover as well as, uh, editing like the, uh, the, the dialogue and in-game text for that game too. So, uh, I've been around the block, we'll say. <laughs> I would say. Oh, yeah. Well, that's very cool. That's a, that's a world, I, I mean, as you know, just by looking at the people we have on our show, the world of voiceover is something we're very into over here at Candare. When I say into it, not that we're doing a lot of it, we just like to talk to the people who do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I think I said the name uh, wrong again earlier, didn't I, when we came back? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I, I'll just clear that up. I'll just go, listen, so you got anyone out there that's going to be a part of this magazine or buy it or, 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 or you can call it 
NES Pro magazine if you want to. <laughs> We've been calling it NES Pro because the community that 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 runs NES, they call it NES. Like it's a NES speed run. Or, or the Super Nintendo is called the SNES. It's just a, yeah. it's just a shortened term that that everyone says. So we've just kind of coined the NES as a term. But if you mm-hmm. want to call it NES Pro, that's fine. Um, we don't care. It's just we call it NES Pro. Okay. So. Well, I've always flipped back and forth myself, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I, know I, uh, I almost wondered if it was a license thing, but well, your Nintendo might no. get mad because you're calling it NES. Mm, don't call it NES. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Nintendo is in their Scrooge McDuck money bin counting their points. They don't care about us doing a magazine about their, their game. Oh, was this about the gaming magazine? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I lied All the about first their time, console. but this time I've got it. Okay. This, this time I've got it. All right, guys, so let's talk about NES Pro Magazine. Uh, again, it looks very intriguing, very familiar from things we saw when we were uh, young, you know, enjoying and loving these games. Tell us about the magazine and where the idea came from to do it. I'll start, but I, I, I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of these, and I've been on the show before, so I'll start a little bit, but I really... I really don't want all these podcasts to just be me flapping my face about it. I want other people that we bring on to talk about it too, because the staff is just as passionate about this magazine as me. Um, and so I want to hear what, what David has to say. But so what, what happened was, is myself and Slackinator, who's a really, really good friend of mine, he's a partner Twitch streamer and done a lot of great stuff in the, in the nest space. Um, we were sitting at a booth at the easy way. Cause he co-wrote the jaws book with me. So we we're at this booth and you know, the booth gets slow sometimes and you're just hanging out. And uh, we were talking about other magazines and I was like, man, it'd be really cool if we could just pair up with one of those. And he was like, why don't we just make our own magazine? And, uh, and I was like, I, I guess we could do that. And then, so we kind of went into that a little bit and we kind of put a pin in it. And then uh, this earlier this year rolled around and he kept bringing it up in every meeting that I had. So I was like, dude, we got all these other things. Like, he's like, look, I really want to do this. So I made a call. I was like, I'm going to make three or four calls and they're going to tell me no. And we're just going to not make this right. Cause we need like 10, 15 people to make this thing. And I don't know 10 or 15 people. So the first person I called was, was David. So I think David sold himself short a little bit. You know, he's a, he's a former uh, founder of retro magazine. Right. And he was on the staff there and he did had a very successful podcast for a long time that I was on. Right. And he's done tons of other things. Right. So I was like, I'm going to call David and see if he'll be on my, my magazine. So I did. He said, yes. So I was like, okay, okay. All right. So I called two or three more people and they said yes. And then four or five more people and they all said yes. And then I was like, well, shit, I guess we're doing this. Right. right. Because now I have, 10, 15 people that I just called and and they want to make the magazine. <laughs> so it was just one of those things where it's not something, of course I would love to have a magazine, but it just seems so big to do. And I was like, I'm not going to convince 15 people to, to be as passionate about NES as I am. But then when I called a bunch of people, they were, and they really wanted to work on a magazine. They didn't really now want to work selling on yourself so short. So, so now <laughs> you're selling yourself uh, short, short there, Steve. No, because I called a bunch of people for strategy guides, and I'm like, people hey, guys. <laughs> I was like, hey, guys. Well, because I was like, hey, guys, you want to work on a strategy guides? They're like, oh, no, I don't really want to do that. Mm. But then I called in the magazine, they're like, yeah. <laughs> so that's how the whole thing started. And this was only like three months ago, right? Wow. So we went from from basically zero to hundred miles an hour and our Kickstarter got funded today. Yep. So I saw that. Yeah. Congratulations. Five, days, five days to get funded. So I can, you guys know I've been on the show before and I just talked about my NES obsession earlier. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about NES all day. So you guys already know I love the NES, but let's, I want to hear David is the editor in chief of a magazine. So 
Take yeah. it away. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so whenever I tell people about the magazine, uh, I always tell them that it's basically it, it like you know even though it is a magazine that is devoted to the nes it's not your typical like tips tricks and reviews uh type of magazine that you expect from like a nintendo power or like a game pro or whatever right. from from back in the day it is more community driven it is more about the people and their experiences with the console or with the games attached to the console um you know so it is more about like the people and the personalities and um you know basically like, their stories as well as like you know sharing like their passions for everything that is about like the nes because I mean, we have articles in there that are about like music, for example, or about like mm -hmm. about brewing beer. That's like, you know, the recipes are based on like, you know, characters or games or whatever and all that oh, stuff. Okay. So like it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's about the games and the console, but it's also a lot of stuff that's like adjacent to all that stuff as well. And so it just kind of feeds into that passion that people have uh, growing up with this console or even if they didn't and they're only recently getting into it. Like, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I have like a friend of mine who is like attached to, to this magazine who only started getting into the NES. And when I reached out to her, like about like, you know, about being a part of it, um, you know, she was, she, you know, she, she was like all about it. She definitely had plenty to say as like someone who's just kind of like recently getting into the library. So um, it's just really cool getting into like, you know, this magazine, all the different experiences that people bring uh, to it, like depending on what their walk of life is or what their identity is or whatever. So, yeah. And I, I really like too, when you guys did that intro video on your Kickstarter and the point you're hammering home is why is this magazine relevant today when you can just hop on the internet and you know ha bringing the music in bringing the beer uh, you know kind of all this like personalized stuff from hardcore fans and just people that are passionate about it i think is just totally awesome totally yeah and um and also help you know like it like it also helps having like all the cultural ref references to there as well back to the future and all that so <laughs> um you know which i certainly appreciate myself as well so <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it, it is basically feeding into that passion and feeding into the fact that it is community driven as opposed to just being like another reviews and interviews and all that stuff. Like we're going to have that stuff too, but that's very secondary to everything else. That's the driving force I'd say to, of this magazine. So is this a uh, magazine that's going to be print copies only, or is there going to be uh, digital? Both. Awesome. Both print and digital. Nice. Yep. Very good. Now, what about the crew? Like you had uh, said, you know, there's a lot of you that are pulling together to make this happen. And uh, I guess, Steve, you kind of already said, you know, how you had pulled some of the people together. Can you tell us about some of these people? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So the, the thing, the thing, uh, David's right on the head. So this this is a community people-based magazine. It's not, mm -hmm. it's, it's, but it just happens that those community and people are based in the NES space. So uh, someone like myself, for example, I do a lot of things every day with, I play NES every day and I do high scores and I don't have a, I don't have any way to show the casual market that all those cool things that I do, right? And the interesting things that I find, we're discovering new things in score every day. I've discovered new things last week that, that weren't known, right? Those are cool finds. I don't have a platform myself right, to, to show off my hard work and my passion. So it's the same with every other person on the magazine. They might not be in score. They might be a uh, guitarist. So a friend of mine, Fongers, he's doing some sheet music, right? He's in a band. He loves playing cover tracks. Right. And so he's providing sheet music for the for the readers. He's going to give you your, your some of the favorite NES tracks, Super Mario Brothers and the Turtles. Right. And, cool. and you can learn how to play those. Right. And um, Slack loves to brew beer. So he decided, hey, I have all these cool NES themed beers. He has a, a, a Ryu Hayabusa and he has an <laughs> Impale <laughs> Ale for Jaws. And that's just a thing that he is passionate about. So every single and David can attest every single person I call that was like, 
They're like, what do you want me to write? I said, that's not this kind of magazine. Uh, the, the magazine is, what do you want to write about? Tell me something about NES that you want to write about that you're passionate about, right? And every single article is like that. So instead of having a magazine where you have a theme, right? And, and every single writer has to kind of write something that's inside of that theme that the magazine sets on them, we kind of flipped it on its head, right? So every person is injecting themselves and their passion for the NES into those articles, whether that be for a recipe or an editorial or an interview or whatever the heck. So, yeah. um, and, um, yeah. if I can interject there too, um, yeah. as like someone who has uh, worked on retro magazine as well in the past, since that is uh, very much of a, you know, tips, tricks, reviews type of magazine, as I mentioned before, um, you know, we obviously had uh, different themes as magazines typically did. So, so we had like our fighting game issue, for example, or like our, uh, point and click uh, issue or whatever it may be. Right. Um, but you kind of run into the problem very quickly, like where you might be talking about something that the, the you know, that that particular issue is themed around that people just don't care about, or certain people don't, don't, uh, don't care about. And that, that includes within the staff too. So you're basically forcing people to write about something that they may generally not be like into. Um, so I, I could say with a hundred percent certainty, like, you know, working from behind the scenes with that, that that was certainly an issue uh, to come across. So, that was one of the um, driving things like with this magazine when Steve pitched it to me that uh, brought me on board was the fact that we are going to have it be kind of like a variety for every issue effectively. Um, we, we basically just want to bring people on board who want to talk about the things that they want to talk about. They happen to be themed around the NES in some way or fashion. Um, so that's that's why, you know, th that's what I really love about it. And that's what also helped too when I was uh, pitching people to Steve like to, you know, you know to um, to bring on board uh, because I knew like where uh, these people, where their specialties would be essentially. Sure. Uh, so for example, like with like the well-read mage, um, he, you know, he's, he's a friend of mine and um, I knew that he has, uh, you know, like he, he's very knowledgeable and he's, he's very, very, very well-written, very well-spoken, uh, but he is majorly, majorly, majorly into JRPGs, um, especially like the early Final Fantasies and all that stuff. And um, him and I have like a big Chrono Trigger uh, kick, uh, you know, like <laughs> bet be between the both of us. Uh, but but specifically with the NES, like he loves like the early the, the early Final Fantasy games. So I figured it's like okay, like I, I know that he could you know speak at length about like those games for sure and any other JRPG type game in the, uh, on the NES. But um, I figured he'd just be like you know good for that specifically. But when we started talking to him and started breaking down as far as like what he wanted to do with the magazine, it was pretty clear to both Steve and I that he needs a bigger role because like he's clearly passionate about about this project, and he can also bring a lot more than uh, than what I originally intended really. So, um, so yeah, it just happened to work. Uh, it happened to work out that way. Man, this is really shaping up to be an awesome sounding magazine now, isn't it? <laughs> Man. All right. So let's talk about this Kickstarter a little bit. Uh, again, going till June 4th. Uh, can you tell the listeners, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, reward tiers there are, stretch goals, et cetera? Yeah. So um, we just got funded today. So the, the stretch goals have not been revealed. We actually need to have a little a little chit chat about that after this podcast. Uh, we, we got there quicker than we expected, you know, five days. Uh, so the, the you know, uh, the publishing of this magazine is done by me. And, and this is essentially my first large project publishing my, my some of my other books were published under my new publishing company. So this is a brand new company and no one really knew about it. And, you know, we have some social media platforms, but we expected to be funded, but we didn't expect five days. It's been a, a pretty big resurgence so things that you can get all the all the stuff that you would want right so we have posters yes we have pins you know, custom pins for each issue bookmarks 
um, controller overlays that you can put actually on your NES controller, right? Oh, nice. um, there's a special nice. founder's pin for one of the top tiers where if you found in that, there's only 25 of those and you're going to get a special pin and it's never going to be made. So a lot of the stuff that we're trying to do is each issue is going to have a whole bunch of deliverables, right? Pins. We have a, a friend of mine, Stuff is Stuff, who's uh, our art director. He made a brand new series of cards called 8-Bit Brats that's kind of uh, inspired by garbage fill kits. Oh, um, right. And you can see the first card in there on the, on the thing. So they're all NES themed garbage fill kid cards, basically. Um, <laughs> and so cool. we're, so each issue, so issue one is going to have a bookmark. It's going to have a pin. It's going to have a poster. It's going to have an 8-bit Brat card. And there's all these things that are going to be attached to that issue that extend the coolness factor for that thing. And if you go on our tiers there, we have something for everyone. If you don't want all that extra stuff, you can just get the digital. You can just get the regular magazine. Right. So it's, all, you know, and if you if you're a real Nest maniac, you can get everything. You can get the top tier and just get all the coolest stuff that we can think of that we're going to make. And it's uh, we partnered with a, a company called Canvas Quest. They're great. Uh, we, I met Tom at Retro Expo. He makes the, the highest quality pins I've ever seen and uh, Canvas Arts. And so he's making all of our stuff. Um, as soon as we saw his stuff, we we're like, yeah, we have to work with this guy. So, yeah. And uh, Steve, I believe uh, the first person who went into that Canvas Quest uh, tier is what basically brought us to that 10,000 mark, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's one of your friends. So, yeah. uh, that was my yeah. friend, Bill, um, Bill Gardner, uh, who uh, runs the Deep End Games, uh, which is a local game studio uh, here like around, around the Boston area. Uh, he was formerly with Irrational Games working on Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. And wow. um, he's Ooh. just like an old friend of mine, basically. And he sent me like a random text. Like, I didn't think much of it. it was just like a winky face. I'm like, that's weird. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? And then I see it's like, oh, we reached 10,000. Cool. And then I was like asking Steve's like, hey, by any chance, do you think that... Um, <laughs> That, like it says like the deep end games or bill gardner on there by chance like for like that, that last donation and uh sure enough it was so yeah yeah it was awesome of him to uh to put wow. us over the edge there that's cool we, we have some other people as well um we've reached out to a lot of uh, guys I'm, I'm telling you this magazine is going to have interviews with the, the coolest people that that have never had a platform to talk about this nintendo employees documentary filmmakers programmers composers just all everything you can think of speedrunners high score speed people runners, yeah. there are people you guys there are people who are designing custom pcb boards to go inside nes controllers right nice uh, there are people who have a, a peripherals that attach onto the nes that no one knows about that do really cool stuff but um what i was going there is a uh a Rob McCollum reached out on Kickstarter to us. He's the guy who did Nintendo Quest mm -hmm. and also the video game box art documentary. And he mm -hmm. said, hey, I love the project. He's got a Kickstarter going on right now as well for uh, uh, the action figure Tor adventure yep. season two. So we did some cross promotion, which was really, really cool. And so we're going to be having a feature uh, of the box art documentary, some issue down the road, and the Nintendo Quest thing, some issue down the road with them. Um, and hopefully awesome hopefully more stuff so there's been a lot of really cool feedback for this it wasn't just you know right. my community right yeah rob's a good guy he's been on a few times and we love his work mm -hmm. yeah uh, us too I, yeah <laughs> i was even uh, part of his um of his box art doc uh of, of his box art documentary yeah. as well actually yeah so really uh, it's pretty cool to be like a part of that and uh yeah and like he's also a big big he-man fan like me too and, uh, <laughs> actually I, I, just, I just remember too i have that uh he-man poster right there hung up on the wall yeah love rob yeah he's a good dude he's a good dude for sure 
okay, so with these issues, this Kickstarter is covering the printing of the first issue, correct? No. So um, the, the magazine is quarterly. Okay, so that's every three months. Okay. Um, so since it's halfway through the year, we're only going to do two issues for this year. So that's uh, one that's going to be essentially uh, as fast as we can get it out, which would probably be pretty quickly right after the Kickstarter is, is money comes to us. That's pretty much close to being done. And then one at the end of the year this year. So you can buy those two. But we're also pre-selling the four issues for next year. So you can buy six of the issues right now on the Kickstarter, uh, this year's issues and next year's issues. Um, okay. So you can go with us on the journey as we grow from from here to now and, and that depends um, on which tier that you lock into as well yeah so it's not and a subscription it's all up front for now yes um uh we haven't quite i mean we're brand new to the magazine space <laughs> so we haven't quite figured out what's going to be like for if you you know uh, subscribe after the magazine is funded um but the the magazine is very cost effective right so our magazines are only ten dollars they're about a 60 to 70 page magazine it's pretty big for that for that cost price point and so, you know, for 60 bucks, you can get six great issues. And this thing is just packed full of awesome stuff. Almost, almost all the stuff has never been released before, right? Like there's not been sheet music. There's not been beer recipes. There's not been these cards. All the articles and interviews and editorials that we're doing are, are as modern as we can make them with people that we feel like haven't been re regurgitated content, right? Um, we, a lot of original uh, content, essentially. A lot of original nice. content. It's because it's coming from all the people, right? They're making the stuff that's their original thing. Um, that's that's the cool element. So anytime you read an article in our magazine, you're getting the personality of the person that's writing it, and that's what I want. I want to I want to reflect the NES personalities. And not only are you guys planning to do it uh, through Kickstarter, you're also planning on hitting some conventions and selling it physically there correct yes absolutely mm -hmm. we absolutely. we love i love going to conventions i was at uh, torg last year with you randy and and, the, and, the, and you guys too right and mm -hmm. we had a fun time i had the punch out thing going on and uh yeah, families coming up and talking to me i love that stuff it's mm -hmm. great uh it's not about the money for me i, I just want to break even and, and talk to nest people um best that i can but uh the magazine is a, a bigger platform for for me right i can show off my cool stuff and collaborate with other people and uh, we're we're going to be going to uh, Long Island Retro Gaming Expo and Retro Road Expo are our two flagship shows this year. And Torg again, um, those are our three big shows for us. There's going to be a bunch of other smaller ones. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. a lot, as many as we can go to, we will be there. You'll see our awesome. spreadsheet of them, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, very good, guys. We're going to have uh, links to the Kickstarter uh, on the posts for this episode. And I know, uh, David, you can be found at davidsaysthat.com, uh, 8bitsteve at 8bitsteve.com, and easywayguides.com. Where else should be uh, people be directed? Uh, Nespro Magazine, N-E-S-P-R-O Magazine.com. The website's not uh, developed yet, but there's our Twitter link and uh, some other links on there for now, Kickstarter link. Um, you can check that out. Um, we, we weren't, you know, you, you start something like this, we're not sure if it's going to get funded, you hope. But so we, we didn't put a lot of time into getting the socials and stuff going. But now that we're funded, we're going to do that and we're going to get those developed. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had a resounding yes that we want this <laughs> from the world. Yes, that's so. true. <laughs> Very good. Well, congratulations to both of you guys. I cannot wait thank to you. see this magazine uh, again. It just sounds amazing. It sounds so cool. So thank you so much for being here, gentlemen. And uh, Jack, what do we have on the website? 
go to candairpodcast.com where you can listen like follow subscribe become a patron buy some merch see some of our youtube videos and follow links to all our show guests and if you'd like to be a guest to promote your work send us an email on our contacts page <laughs> and don't forget to find us on twitter at candairpod and on instagram at can underscore air and that website jack was talking about candairpodcast.com there's that merch button on there that you can get t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and phone cases and all kinds of fun shit with our logo on it. And there's a Patreon button where for a few dollars a month, you can get access to a whole catalog of extra content. Uh, some pretty good stuff in there and some even better shit about to be in there. Again, like we were saying at the top of the episode, can't yeah. wait for that shit. <laughs> uh, Randy, what am I forgetting? Again, evergreenpodcast.com. Go check out all the great shows. Check us out. And uh, yeah, just join the Evergreen Nation. I really need to work on that. I'm not forgetting you, Evergreen. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> kind of... I just need prompting. Exactly. <laughs> Randy Take needs home, line. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, line. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Ava Giltonen. 8-Bit Steve. Be excellent to each other, everyone. The ice could break. Whoops. Help. Quickly walk back to the edge. Stop. You'll break through the ice. Snow job. Grab this branch. You should have been listening to canned air. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Snow job, how'd you get your name? Um. G.I. Joe. All right. Bro. Yeah, that's pro. <laughs> what did I say? NES. You said Genesis Pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Wait, what did I say? <laughs> it's 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 NES Pro, not NES Pro. Oh, say NES. I think Pro. I said NES Pro earlier too, but it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I, we got people who say both anyway. So, <laughs> okay. Did I? Is that how I opened the episode too? I think yep. so. Yes. You picked a hell it's of fine. time to tell me. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> want to stop you in the beginning during the open rolls. Look, stuff. it's it's okay. Like, it's not a big deal. We're just trying yeah. to get the Nest Pro thing to catch on. It's a little shorter. That's all. I, okay. if, if you say it either way, it doesn't really matter. Okay. I'll let that go if that's okay. And then I'll say it correctly here yeah. going forward. <laughs> yeah, it's fine with me. Okay. You're all good. Yeah. All right, cool. NES Pro. Let me put some dots in there so I just know to. This has been a Canned Air production. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.